Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today to be recapping two of last weekend's movies uh, for Hallmark Channel. And uh, we're talking about the latest Godwinks movie, Godwinks Miracle of Love, I think is what it's called. And and then also a Royal Queen's Christmas. And we, since we're talking royal, we had to have one of our biggest royal fans, one of our favorite Hallmark writers. We have Terry Wilson here. Terry, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much. I'm excited. I always loved uh, analyzing the royal movies. So I was really excited to do this. Yeah. Well, I immediately thought of you because we had you last year mm-hmm. for the royal movie and it was so much fun. And this year for, it just seemed we got to have you on. And, uh, and you had actually kind of a royal book that you had published through homework publishing this year, correct? I did. I actually yeah. have to have it right here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was not planning on this. Uh, Once Upon a Royal Summer, um, publishing, it's about a theme park princess who meets a real life prince when he comes to her theme park to bring his daughter for her birthday. I think that's such a cute idea. I have not had a chance to read it yet, which is terrible. I should, but, uh, but everybody I know who's read it has really enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, I just, I need to, I need to get on that, but it's uh, this really cute idea. Oh, thanks. I'm actually working on a Christmas book for Hallmark right now. They'll will come out Ooh. next Christmas, Christmas of 2022, called Once Upon a Royal Christmas, and it has a very similar theme. I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but it's similar. oh fun. Yeah, of course it's a Christmas. Yeah. Well, and then you had Christmas Charms last Christmas book. Yes, I had Christmas Charms about a magic charm bracelet where all the charms on the heroine's bracelet start coming true one by one magically at Christmas time. And it's actually out right now in Walmart as a Walmart exclusive uh, mass market paperback. So nice. Yeah. About that. And then in the fall, you had a spot of trouble Yes. Yeah. I'm like, and I don't have that one right here with me. Um, yes. It's not with Hallmark. Um, it's with Sourcebooks Casablanca, but it's, I mean, the, everything I write is pretty much in that vein. Uh, so it's very Hallmarky, and it is a 101 Dalmatians inspired romantic comedy. I love that. Because I love Roger and Anita. I think they're like the underrated uh, Disney couple right? They are. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically, I take their meet cute in 101 Dalmatians and kind of like take off from there, turn it into a rom-com. It starts out where, uh, you know, the heroine thinks the hero is kidnapping her dog. It's really a different Dalmatian. So, um, I mean, I love that movie so much and I love that scene that I've always just wanted to do something, you know, with it. And so it was really fun to get to work on. Yeah. One of my favorite Disney movies. So I'm with you there. Uh, yeah, we'll have a Dalmatian plantation where our population can roam. <laughs> That's right. And actually, okay, so you'll appreciate this. The That book, I called it, when I wrote it, I called it the Dalmatian Flirtation. Which oh, I that's cute. Was the cutest name ever, um, but my publisher wanted to change the title for reasons. Um, so, I mean, they weren't any controversial reasons they were just like you know we don't want the dog breed in the title but I still wish it in my mind it's still called the Dalmatian flirtation yeah. all through that book I do wordplay kind of like that like I have Dal- yeah. Dalmatian confrontation you know Dalmatian population <laughs> I mean I'm a lover of bad puns so that was my favorite part of writing that book was the wordplay <laughs> yeah and according to your website you have a book coming out in August a line in the sand 
Yeah, and it's a um, it's in the same series as a spot of trouble. It okay. takes place at the same small beach town, and is a dog centric, you know, rom com. Um, for anyone who follows me on social media, I post a lot of pictures of my puppy Charm, my Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and I wrote that book right when I first got her. And so there's a mischievous. Cavalier King Charles Spaniel because the heroine in that book is the mermaid at the local aquarium and her dog comes to work with her dressed as a lobster and it's named Ursula. My <laughs> gosh that's so cute. A mermaid and an Ursula puppy and then the new marine biologist to town um, you know is the hero in that book. They butt heads near, at the beginning and so that was another really fun book to write. Oh that looks it looks really cute. It kind of remind me a little bit of Splash yeah yeah it, yes that, I kind of wanted splash vibes for the cover because it definitely has a mermaid theme you know being that she's the she's the town mermaid and they I mean in the beginning he's like why do we even have a mermaid that's like scientifically inaccurate but I know that keeps coming back to haunt him for the rest of the book <laughs> that's really cute I'm excited for that Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. Well, so we have a Royal Queen's Christmas and I have to admit, I think I might've given this a cold. Like it did not look very promising to me uh, in, in as far as the, in the previews and everything. And I... I, I do love Cinderella and I love princess stories, but we get a little overkill sometimes uh, for Hallmark that uh, sometimes I'm not the most excited about them. Uh, but uh, yeah, this one ended up being a big surprise to me. It was way better than I expected. And uh, it's the summary, a prince finds his way to Queens during Christmas when a local woman enlists his help with a children's Christmas show. So what were your overall thoughts of a Royal Queen's Christmas? Um, I kind of had the same feeling that you did because, I mean, I love the Royal movies. I watch all of them, like across all the channels, <laughs> but because there are so many and I do watch a lot, um, you know, sometimes they tend to all feel the same. You know, I want something different. I'm always interested in how is this different than a different, you know, than all the other yeah. Royal movies out there. And so at first I just wasn't sure how that was going to come to pass, you know, before I started watching it, but I really, I really enjoyed it a lot. I really liked 
the hero in this movie, the actor who played the hero. I mean, I think they definitely need to put him in some more Hallmark movies. He was the perfect prince. I just loved him. And it did have some of the similar themes that we see in a lot of other royal stories. He was supposed to be in an arranged marriage that he didn't want and, you know, neither did the duchess he was supposed to marry. Um, but I just, I loved how he fit so seamlessly into her family life in yeah. Queens. And I loved that his executive assistant or whoever that stuffy man was, who was, he called him an executive assistant once. I'm not sure exactly what his formal title was. He was kind of like his valet almost. Yeah. And it, I thought it was funny. he called him sire instead of sir, but okay. Um, you know, I thought that it, I, he, through the movie, you could see that he was appreciating that the prince was fitting so seamlessly into that life you know I think that um it really made him seem less immature because at the beginning they kept calling him a man child you know that kind of a thing so um I don't know I just really really I really liked it yeah I I agree with everything you said I I guess this Julian Morris I guess he was on Pretty Little Liars is where he is famous I from I guess did not realize that okay. yeah yeah okay. I have never seen Pretty Little Liars but uh, but yeah, he was, uh, he played a guy named Ren Kingston, I think is the name on Pretty Little Liars. And he was also on, he was Prince Philip on Once Upon a Time. Oh, okay. That's where I've yeah. seen him. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's so <laughs> regal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. He was a find. He was great. Yeah. I thought he was so charming and they had really good chemistry. Mm -hmm. And I mean, maybe Megan Park, she belongs in princess movies because I think that this was really good. And I think that uh, her Once Upon a Prince, I think is what it was called, uh, was one of- Based on the book by my friend, Rachel Houck. <laughs> i think that was one of the better yeah i like the book and i think that was one of the better princess movies that they've done was once upon a prince agreed and i really feel like she seemed like a completely different character in this movie yeah than on a prince she was really good in both of them but seemed completely different um because mm -hmm. at first i was wondering why they were putting someone in there who had already been in another princess movie but i really i liked her in this and you're right they had great chemistry I liked her no-nonsense way of talking to him. I think that he liked it too. I didn't really understand. I mean, her whole family had like really strong Queens accents, you know, cause that's where the movie took place. And um, her, she really didn't. So I thought that that was yeah. a little odd. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, cause at first I was like, you know maybe they should have picked someone else who actually seemed like they might belong to this family. Cause she didn't look like her family and really didn't talk like her family. But after like, you know, 15 or 20 minutes, I was buying into it because I thought she did a really good job with the character. Yeah, I agree. I like to notice the accent a little bit and you could definitely nitpick this movie, but overall it, it just, I thought it was very successful in doing what it was trying to do and telling this kind of story. And they had really good chemistry. And I think I even said that in the previews, this will come down to chemistry and they had great chemistry. It was just palpable when they were together yeah and um and the end which i don't know if we want to give that away mm -hmm. but the end yeah. we could probably all see coming a mile away because they talked about this specific tradition in the movie um but still i mean i got teary-eyed at the end yeah. when it happened i got the christmas tree and i was like oh with their matching piano ornaments yeah i just loved it that was cute yeah megan park actually this year 
she had something very uh, different from Hallmark uh, where at South by Southwest Film Festival, she premiered her own film that she wrote and directed called The Fallout, which is all about the aftermath of a school shooting. So it's very not Hallmark, but it was excellent and extremely well done. And I'm kind of surprised, honestly, that it hasn't gotten the um, awards push because I thought it was one of the one of the best festival movies that I saw all year. Um, so she's very extremely talented uh, young lady. And, um, and, you know, I've enjoyed her in her homework work as well. But if people are looking for something different, uh, <laughs> that's well done, I think uh, they should check out that the she she's not in it. She just wrote and directed it, which is pretty cool. That's cool, though. I'm gonna have to yeah. check that. Out. I didn't know about that, that was South by Southwest. Yeah, it was the South by Southwest. I'm not sure what the, um, uh, somebody was telling me that it's on a streaming service, but I'm not sure which one. Um, but uh, but anyway, keep an eye out for it. It was actually an excellent film. It is rated R, um, but uh, but it was it was really good. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's very talented. And uh, I thought it was nice to see her relationship with her cousin, right. Mm-hmm. That she yeah. works in the, yeah. in the shop with, that was a fun dynamic. And, you know, of course they have the, uh, um, they have the meet cute with them kind of crashing into each other and him destroying the pastries. <laughs> yeah. But you know, okay. So one of the things I really liked about this, because last year when I was on this podcast, we were talking about one Royal holiday. Yeah. Which still one of my top royal movies of all it was time. so good yeah love that movie but it was really interesting how you know the two princes are so different because what was so funny about one royal holiday is he was so used to being a prince like he flinched when he was trying to ride the front seat of the car and he was asking for a pillow menu at the end you know <laughs> and <laughs> this prince was different in that you know he seemed a lot more like i don't know he was just so endearing yeah um to me and even though he was clueless like he didn't even know how to wash a dish when he was washing the dishes with her but then the next morning you know he's lying on the couch and he's looking out the window and he sees her dad um you know the dad has a sprained wrist or whatever and the dad was out there trying to shovel snow with his sprained wrist and the next scene you see him out there shoveling snow for the dad you know and you know and then when she sees him it's just you know he was so willing to pitch in and do everything even though you know, yeah. so he was, and like when he went down in the elevator to chase the heroine and his shirt was mismatched, he was wearing like really nice, like Prince clothes, but his shirt, his shirt was mismatched and he had on hotel slippers. <laughs> you know, he just yeah. had a vulnerability and such an endearing quality to him. I thought that he was fantastic. Yeah, he was really good and, and just charming. I mean, both of them were, I really, and it could, it did kind of remind me of in Once Upon a Prince because the prince in that movie he's he like is is gardening like i love when he's like angry gardening and his mom's yeah. like oh you're not happy with me <laughs> that was really good yeah i mean <laughs> well and they just went so well together you yeah. know like him with a more um you know the prince from um this movie royal queen's queen's christmas you know 
wouldn't have gone as well with like the Lacey Chabert character. In her right. Movie. Yeah. But they would have both been, I think, too sentimental. You know, I don't know, but mm-hmm. her, you know, no nonsense with, you know, matched with him so perfectly. Yeah. And I love that she was a veteran. I was like, this is amazing. We have a veteran yeah. in a royal movie. This is fantastic. I mean, I loved that about her. Yeah. And they were both kind of insecure in the same ways about like what yeah. they were, didn't really know what to do with their lives. And, and uh, when she gives him the advice of, well, you have to, and you've only got one, you've only got one life. It's important. You're the one in charge of it. And he's like, nobody's ever said that to me in my life. That was yeah. good. That's good. Oh, and I do have to take a shout out for his uh, previous dog, Max, Maximilian, Maxim, when she was asking him, you know, what's the best gift he's ever had. It was oh a yeah, that was cute. Puppy. <laughs> like, I love it when there's a cavalier in a Hallmark movie, even if it's just by reference. Yeah, that was cute. That was really cute. And <laughs> I liked when she's talking with her cousin, and he she says that maybe he just wanted you to get to know the real him, and knew that you wouldn't accept him if you knew. And 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 she's like, yeah, which you absolutely just did. You didn't, you know, you, you proved him right. <laughs> because you rejected him as soon as you knew and uh, so i well, thought that was a whole good conversation oh for sure um and i'll never not like the trope where someone finds out that they've accidentally fallen for a prince they had no idea he was a prince and then when they find out it's like literally the worst news they've <laughs> ever heard in their lives i mean i never get tired of that ever yeah <laughs> i do have to uh, say that, like the longer it goes on you know, the longer the secret goes on, the more I get why someone, you know, would be upset about it. Because, yeah. you know, when it's just after the meet cute, and then they find out, they're like, oh, awkward, he's a prince. But, you know, once you've been hanging out with someone all day, every day for days, you know, all back to the Lacey Chabert, I forget what the name of her royal movie is. It's older. It's one of my favorites, though. Um, Gosh. Um, royal Christmas or something. I don't remember. Princess something yeah the Seymour is the queen yeah 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 like a tailor but um (laughs) on that that one apparently she and her boyfriend had been dating forever like a year and and she didn't know that he was a prince and um she gets much less upset about it (laughs) well she's upset at first but not as she's not mad like this heroine was (laughs) yeah and actually the director of this movie lee friedlander she did another royal movie, Royally Ever After, with uh, Fiona Gubelman, and that was like right after the royal wedding, like the weekend uh, after. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and they were so smart because they had like promo stuff of of uh, of um uh of the you know the Duchess of Meghan uh from her Hallmark days that they like used in kind of in promotion of the. I was like, that was very smart. <laughs> well, I remember that. Yeah, because then they then because they led into the royally ever after, which I really like that movie. I mean, I like all yeah. the movies. Um, right <laughs> before that, they played, you know, Megan's movies. You know, Megan's right. Yeah, movies. brilliant. Yeah. So I was like, this was. Yeah, I was loving it. It's my Royal Super Bowl week. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. was uh, but that one, she finds out that she's been dating the prince all this time and then they go together to try to impress his family so there are a couple the whole movie which was refreshing and different uh, but, but yeah lee friendler she's a really fun director and uh and i could see she brought a lot you know to this movie and they definitely 
bordered on cl- cliche and character a little bit with the whole queens kind of thing like but <laughs> i don't know it was fun i enjoyed it too i mean that's one of the things that made it really different and i really uh-huh. like that but you know yes it it might have been a little cliche and hopefully people from queens didn't find it offensive but yeah. i mean i i really liked that part it made yeah. me go to queens like so. i liked her dad he was funny loved her dad yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the food you know it just it seemed really i really uh-huh. liked it yeah uh all yeah all the food the food designer who was ever in food props in this movie did a great job all the food looked delicious yes and i forget like back to his his manservant or valet or whoever that was. yeah there was one part whitby, whitby. Phone, yeah whitby whitby whitby's on the phone with the prince and the prince is describing to him like what lasagna is <laughs> it was like it sounds rustic <laughs> And I was like, wow, I feel bad for them that they live in a kingdom where there's no lasagna. There was one scene that I thought was really funny because, um, you know, the prince, you know, he he's, you know, at the beginning, obviously we've said he doesn't want to tell her that he's a prince. So when she asks what his last name is, he says St. Bernard because St. Bernard is randomly walking through the hotel lobby at that moment. But then, and we never see the St. Bernard again, like before, or I was just like, oh, there's a St. Bernard for half a second. Um, but then later he's talking to Whippy and he's like, do you realize I don't have a surname? And I'm like, okay, come on. Like he's in his mid thirties. I think he would <laughs> consider this by now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also liked that they didn't make too big a deal of like how some of these they make it too big of a deal of how like tortured they are it's like i can't live my own life you know kind of thing and i was kind of like you're a prince (laughs) sorry i don't feel that sorry for you i know you know as someone who was more grounded he was yeah he, he wasn't complaining too much no and as someone who writes royal romance and has discussed that with my hallmark editor specifically you know even though you know all the characters have an arc and they'll have a problem they need to overcome and sure he's like maybe having to do an arranged marriage or whatever still you know you want to approach it from the fact that these are still people with a life of tremendous privilege so you don't want to like yeah. lean too heavily into that and i think that they did a good balance of that last night yeah i also liked that the, the fake I watched yeah, I like that the, so. yeah, I like the fake country was called Exeter. Yes. Because usually there's some like Novia. Right. <laughs> some version of Genovia. And the Princess Diaries, we all do the Ovia. And I think we've just done them all now. <laughs> <laughs> Exeter was different. It was refreshing. Yeah. It sounded like a private school. I think there might be yeah. a private school named Exeter, but that was like so. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I also, I thought it was funny that Whitby, he's like living it up at the hotel. Right. <laughs> he's like getting champagne. And, and <laughs> but when he had to ride the subway, that was hilarious. That was really funny. And I had to laugh because uh, this last trip that I took to New York City, I tried to navigate the subway to Queens actually to visit a friend of mine. And I got totally lost. And because I, I had it all planned out, but then they took a, there was a, closing at one of the stops that I was supposed to take and so then we ended up at some place totally different I'm like I don't know so I gave up and got an Uber (laughs) well those scenes that like showed Whitby on the subway and him living it up at the hotel eating the fancy meal and all that one of the things I liked about that was the prince was the one like really embracing being a regular person and Whitby was the one who really kind of enjoyed the trap royalty more than the prince did and i thought that was a really 
um, clever way of making the prince more endearing, you know, he more down to earth by comparing him to his employee is <laughs> like really into the trappings and the wealth of that, you know, lifestyle. Yeah. He was still a good guy though, Whitby. I mean, yeah, yeah. he was, he was good. Yeah. And uh, I like when they're, they're like forcing him to eat the, uh, forcing the prince to eat the cannolis. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Ooh, these are delicious. Yeah. Yeah, he was into the cannolis. I yeah, mean, that was funny. Cannoli, they're delicious. I know. <laughs> I feel like they're never. I mean, I I feel like I haven't found a, a really good cannoli yet because the ones I've had weren't like they look better than they actually taste. But uh, but I need to find I think the right cannoli maker. I I don't think I have here in Utah. I don't. Maybe it doesn't exist here in Utah. <laughs> but well, uh, I mean, every time I come to New York, I need to try cannoli. Yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was really funny. And I mean, I kind of feel like with the whole choir thing mm -hmm. that like they're kind of supposed to be sort of boring. Like it's all just about the kids. They're right. cute, like cute kids. Yes. You go, you don't go to like a choir, children's <laughs> choir performance. Most of the people in the audience are related to right. the And so, you know, his idea of like, well, is that a, you're you're doing it boring. And then he has this like fancy piano play. I was <laughs> that doesn't really yeah. fit with like children's choir but nevertheless i mean because it did kind of take the focus off the children and it's right. <laughs> amazing like liberace style christmas carol music <laughs> which exactly. it did sound fantastic he was a really good piano player um but yeah i was that <laughs> i was having the same thoughts i was like well this kind of isn't you know the kids aren't doing anything different they're still singing while he has his 10 minute piano solo <laughs> yeah exactly like, you're kind of missing the whole point of this activity here. But, but uh yeah he he finds out that there's they have this like snowman building competition after the first big snow of the year which i thought was a, a cute a cute set piece he gets to help out her dad shoveling snow and and, uh, and he gets to build a snowman for the first time that was fun yeah, and they go look at Christmas windows, which is always a fun, you know, New mm. York activity. And they go to this one bar or pub or restaurant where there's a million like ornaments hanging oh, yeah. and they apparently leave it up all year. I'm really interested to know if that's a real thing in Queens. That would be really cool. I um, think I've seen it in other Hallmark movies before. I swear I've seen that place. I think it's a Vancouver place. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't think this movie was really filmed in Queens. I oh, think I'm it sure was. it wasn't. It probably was not. Um, <laughs> yeah. And of course they have the tree. I'm always interested in the, Chris, the Christmas traditions because I mean, Hallmark does so many Christmas movies, right? And, you know, um, as someone who's, you know, trying to write for them, <laughs> who writes for them, you know, it's hard coming up with unusual different things that you haven't seen, you know, like the cookie decorating, which we see in, um, you know, every other Hallmark movie, which is great. I love cookie decorating, but it's fun to see the different things. I like the yeah. snowman contest. I yeah. like the, the wishing Christmas tree where you're supposed to hang your ornament on the tree and close your eyes and you open them in your true love or whatever is supposed to be in front of you. And I always, you know, I liked the new ones. Those were some perfect looking snowmen though. I mean, it yeah. probably snows in Utah, right? It doesn't snow that much where I live. Okay. So I'm like, is that really what snowmen look like? Cause I don't <laughs> think I could do them that well. <laughs> Well, and you have to have a lot of snow to make a snowman. And yeah. certainly ones those big, you would need a lot of like feet, multiple feet of snow. Yeah. You really do. So this was actually filmed in Toronto, not Vancouver. Okay. So I guess that, that I swear I've seen it in other 
other homework movies that that same bar before but yeah that's a fun fun uh set piece uh place to be hanging out at and uh and yeah the snowman building competition uh whippy going on the subway that was hilarious i thought it was interesting having zoe be a character and having her having been engaged for two years like that's kind of a little bit different character than you see in most hallmark movies right and then that was like a side plot um and her fiance was super sweet mm-hmm. but yeah it was interesting here hearing her say why you know she'd been engaged for two years and you know she was i think she was just kind of afraid to go through with the actual wedding but of course you know that gets resolved but yeah so she's like she said she's afraid of losing spark that basically becoming an old married couple kind of thing and i don't know that's just a very unusual like you wouldn't normally have characters living together in a no. homework movie so yeah. that's different uh, <laughs> and they have these as you said they have they both have these lucky charm uh piano ornaments that are special to them and that was really and really sweet got their piano ornament from a grandparent who had given mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. they both got them the same way, and they both had these piano ornaments. It was really sweet. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And yeah, they go shopping together. There's this big like potluck uh, that they participate in, where they wish on the tree, and they have like a near kiss. Uh, and you know, he says, "More I should do, more I should be." Like he's just feeling all this pressure. And uh, yeah, and then they go to the ornament. I called it the ornament restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that's when adriana shows up with his parents surprise visit and his fiance or unofficial fiance yeah yeah yeah. but it wasn't like emotional cheating because they weren't actually a couple which i appreciate like a business arrangement and she even told him that she was didn't want to be engaged that she didn't want to marry him either but then in the very next scene, his parents were like, well, you're marrying her no matter what. And I was like, doesn't someone need to tell his parents that she doesn't want to get married either? Like no one did, <laughs> but I was waiting. I was like, oh, someone, you know, someone tell them that she's not into it either. Um, but of course we knew it wasn't. Yeah. Happen. Well, and Whippy tries to warn him that the parents are coming, but it ends up being, he thinks it's just a pocket text. Yeah. And so he just ignores it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and she gets him a scarf keyboard scarf for yes Christmas, i love the scarf yeah it was really cute thing with the piano keys and i think he was just about to kiss her again in that scene when then that's when his parents walk mm-hmm. in with the duchess and yeah yeah and they they have i think it might be under mistletoe i can't remember but he gives her he kisses her on the cheek which i always think is so sweet yes that was really good and so then he sees his parents and in the the big reveal and so she gets pretty huffy which is normally something i hate you know when they're like how could you lie to me Uh, because when you're doing a fake fiance story i think it's actually absolutely essential that nobody takes it that seriously because if one person is like how could you lie to me they ruins the fun of it because it's such a ridiculous story that yeah. you can't have anybody taking it too seriously or it just becomes not fun. And, uh, and so that, that, you know, she was a little sulky for me in this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thing. And, but you know, it came around and it worked. Uh, but, uh, and, you know, she says, he's a prince. I'm not a princess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
they, he says, you and your family treated me like a regular person. And, uh, you know, he says, I've made a commitment to you and to the kids. And he says, she says, well, is it commitment? Is that all this is to you? And I'm like, well, of course that's all. <laughs> like he made a commitment. Like I, it's only yeah. been a week. What do you expect? <laughs> She was being pretty hard on him. I mean, yeah. she knew that he had feelings for her. He had kind of made that clear, you know. Again, I've been married for 25 years. And if my husband came home tomorrow and said, you know, I've been keeping a secret. I am the prince of Flavonia. You know, I would be not mad in the slightest. <laughs> I mean, I'd get on board, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do is, is make this they make one of these movies, but they've been married for like 20 years. Yes. I would write that. <laughs> yeah, you should. I, I mean, I think Royal Hearts got close to it with yeah. them finding out that they were royalty, you know, and then yeah. James Brolin, all of a sudden having to be royal was hilarious. And I loved that. James Brolin as the Princess of Tyrese, which was hysterical. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, she gets the offer to lead the choir basically permanently doing after school uh, performances and, uh, and after school programs by one of the ladies. And so she's excited about that. And then we find out that Eddie and Zoe have set a date. They're going to get married in a year, which again was kind of like a long time. Yeah. For homework. <laughs> <laughs> that was different. And I, I kind of it's kind of kind of the same in Once Upon a Prince where they the prince is doing his like angry gardening, and then the mom sees it. She's like he's so unhappy. I love that. And in here, like the sad prince, like he was so sad. He was. He was so mopey. <laughs> yeah. And then when Whippy sees her in the kitchen delivering the the pastries or whatever. And he's like, didn't you see my text? She's yeah. downstairs in the kitchen. We aren't. Thanks. And uh, that was, that was really fun. That's when he goes down and he's like throwing on his clothes and his yeah. shirt. And he's, the slippers are what cracked me up though. He's like wearing yeah. really nice dress pants and a belt and everything, but with some of those white hotel slippers. Yeah. And then, I mean, I thought it was a little over the top when she's like, a bird and a fish may fall in love, but where will they live? And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is very... I mean, it's the logistics that you can figure out, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he looks so sad. And uh, then uh, we find out that Adriana has another relationship so she doesn't want to go through with it and that was a sweet scene i like that they didn't make her like evil i was worried they were gonna make her evil because when he was supposed to be giving her a tour and he tried to show her the christmas shop you know the windows that he had you know done earlier and she was like oh shopping and she just ran in the store ready to shop i was like oh do not make the shopaholic mean please <laughs> But I was kind of worried that they were going to make her, you know, try and make her seem shallow or evil. But no, yeah. I was that they didn't do that. I don't like it when yeah. you know, that's the resolution for the royal wedding thing. I agree. Yeah, it can be fun when you, in order to do it that way, you really have to lean into the camp and yes. make it kind of like a Meredith Blake kind of over the top evil performance. That's fun. Yeah. But when it's just like someone petty and, and not 
I don't know. Do it hard, kind of like we did in Unleashing Mr. Darcy with. Uh, that's Nick. true. <laughs> <laughs> she was super evil. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> She's like suing her and everything, <laughs> making her lose her job. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and they talk about her. His parents say that they, you know, they've been in love for fifty-five years. They were set up, they, you know, love found a way, but, uh, you know, that's not what he wants. And they find out, okay, well, the King is not actually retiring. And, uh, and yeah, there, there's this whole scene with him trying to get to the wishing tree and I guess he couldn't, I don't know why he couldn't take the subway like Whippy. That's what I thought they were leading up to with him taking the subway. Yeah. But no. instead, he buys a scooter from a guy, takes a scooter all, all the way to Queens. Whatever his watch is, yeah. That would be a long scooter ride. I was thinking that same thing. I was like, man, that scooter must have booked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he get there time. But he did. And he looked yeah. like fresh as a daisy when he got there. He wasn't like wind burned or anything. <laughs> yeah. And- uh, he, they put the piano ornament on the tree. They make the wish. She makes a wish. And so you mean everything to me. You are my wish. That was so cute. It was. I mean, that ending got me. It was this. Yeah. Yeah. And did, did, then he, uh, they, and they kiss. And he says, did that answer your question? And so then they kiss again. We get double kisses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this just goes to show that I think anything with good writing can work you know like tropes that you think oh i've seen this so many times and then you see it with good writing and you're like wow that works that's a classic for a reason (laughs) that's the case here tropes are tropes for a reason and it's because you know they tap into something universal that everyone loves you know and if you can do a beloved trope or an older trope with a new twist or make it feel fresh i mean you're right that's a sign of really good writing um, because yeah. in a lot of those tropes, a lot of times. So, and this movie had three writers, uh, Stephen Peterman, Gary Don Donzig and Lee Friedlander, uh, did some of the writing and, uh, yeah. So it sounds like it had a lot of, uh, people involved, but it were, I thought it worked really well. Uh, I because it had the writer's name and then it said based on a teleplay by such and such so i thought well that's interesting because it made me wonder how much they changed the original teleplay um, yeah because yeah. as for and then marcus flanagan based on teleplay by uh so yeah it had four four writers actually yeah. four writers on this so yeah it probably it sounds like this went through a lot of revisions <laughs> i was like this but, is probably just a regular story and then they put it yeah you know, changed it all to queens queens yeah like, wondering how much or what exactly they changed so. yeah that would be interesting i'll have to ask lee because she's been on the podcast a couple times we're i know her pretty well so i have to ask her and but they had great chemistry so it's also a question of casting and writing that makes something like this oh, work for sure, for sure. And, and back to the right i mean sometimes when it's based on a teleplay like that like someone wrote the teleplay and then when hallmark wanted revision they were busy on another project so they have to bring someone else in to ch- do the changes right, so it's yeah. not necessarily that they overhauled it but um right yeah but you're right the chemistry and the cast for sure and like we said these two just re- really matched together yeah i mean i I'd, I'd watch another one of this i think oh. i you could watch do a wedding movie for mm-hmm. them i think that would be really fun i'd watch that i mean she worked at a bakery i want to see the wedding cake 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what they could do <laughs> is like they could do a they could do a dual wedding movie and have uh have Zoe and what was it, Eric? Eddie. So you can have Zoe and Eddie's wedding and also have the prince and the princess and yes. wedding. That would be fun. Yes, and they could be like, you know, maids of honor or whatever in each other's. That would yeah. be cute. Yeah. There you go. You should tell them. Tell them folks at home, Mark. I'll get right <laughs> on that. I have them on speed dial. Yes. <laughs> they make me executive producer. <laughs> We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Yes. And we got to see our, our leading man dressed as Santa, which was fun. Yes. Adorable. I still think the, the overall concert, I was like, that just sounds weird. Him like playing like that with just little kids singing. (laughs) Like I almost felt like they needed to have him have a couple numbers and then the kids have their own numbers because it was like, didn't fit. It was a little weird. And it the kids made a lot while they were singing like this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I was too. like, is that going to mess up their singing? That yeah, this is like Glee all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I give this a pretty high score. I was thoroughly entertained by it. I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a four mm-hmm. out of five crowns. I would, I would give it a four out of five crowns as well. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about a God wink Christmas meant for a miracle, miracle, right? Yes, miracle of love, right? Miracle of love. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about a God wink Christmas, miracle of love. And so this is the fourth God wink movie, I believe. Well, this is time for me to make a confession. This is the (laughs) first God wink movie that I have watched. I know I'm, I feel terrible because I'm a major Hallmark fan, but you know, Christmas, there's so many, so many movies. I haven't watched every single one from every single year. And somehow I just never got on the God wink train um, until this year when I watched this one. So I'm not sure it's, I think it is the fourth or there seems like there's been a lot. Yeah, there's been, I believe four last year's was my least favorite hallmark movie of the year oh, wow. I, yeah the god wink it, it was so weak the god wink i mean it was literally just two people happen to live near each other i'm like that is not i mean i, I think god's hand is in all things but like it's just such you need stronger if you're going to build a whole movie on a miracle and i did think that at least this one compared to the other three I think this one actually had like a genuine miracle in it, which I appreciated. For sure. Okay. Maybe it was good that I haven't seen the other God winks because I did not know what to expect at (laughs) all, except I knew what a God wink was, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, where it's just a a tiny everyday miracle or a big miracle. 
something that some people might chalk up to coincidence, but you believe it's God winking at you and, you know, had his hand is in it. Yeah. So, in my church, we sometimes call them tender mercies, Oh, uh, like a tender mercy of God. And uh, this, you know, it's kind of a God. We had Squire and Louise Rushnell who created God Wink on the podcast and they were really funny. They were great. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't know what to expect if they would be kind of stuffy, but no, they were really funny and and really fun to be with. Uh, And I, I still think that they could do better as far as making the films more faith centric than they actually are. I I feel like they're trying to sort of straddle this middle ground of like appeal to faith-based audiences, but then also not like ostracize non-faith-based audiences. But I feel like with 45 movies, you could have one movie that's like overtly faith-based, right? And like this one, they, this one, they actually did, I think have her pray one time, but in most of the other movies, like it's just so not a religious film and i i just think like it makes them feel very deluded to me and why not just make one thing that's outright you know it's christmas so you can have a christian story you know like one (laughs) and if people don't want to watch it they don't have to watch it like that's fine to me um anyway but this one was more i thought i mean i have really appreciated the faith the the faith that was in the movie yeah um i mean i haven't seen the others so i'm not sure but i was like i really liked that i was like well this is great because it's christmas it is good to have what well, one you know yeah christmas. especially the last half of the movie i thought his accident forward was mm-hmm. the was the best part of the movie like as far as the storytelling For sure but i mean even even before that though they had the advent wreath and every time they lit a candle they talked about what it represented you know mm-hmm. so and i liked that part of it and yeah. the main character had wanted to be a pastor and it didn't work out and um so i don't know i i from the very beginning i was like oh i like this because there's some faith in this christmas movie yeah. yeah yeah and i i think that they if they continue to do these godwink movies they should do even more and they should make it even Agreed. more uh and uh but this felt like i said the most out of like last time literally the only thing that was god winky was them living near each other and i'm like that does not count that's every couple who's ever gotten together like what <laughs> i definitely had more of a god wink with the liver thing which i'm sure we'll talk about yeah. but i do have to ask a question because i watched the whole movie and then i got to the end and they talked about the real couple and i was like what so are yeah. all the godwink movies true stories like that yes i loved that okay wow Yeah, they're all true stories they're all based on squire rushnell's books that he has right. which are these it's kind of like chicken soup for the soul is yeah, i've seen the books but i didn't realize the movies were real so yeah uh, represent real stories the, yeah so they're based on on real stories i don't know how you know how yeah fast and loose (laughs) with the details they are but but yeah no they they are all each one at the end has that kind of loved that yeah Yeah. and uh, so the summary is brought together by community service eric and joy find new purpose at christmas as they help a family rebuild their home coincidences and a medical miracle lead them to believe in destiny so it stars Caporal and Alberto Frezza is the lead. And I thought they had really good chemistry. I liked the pairing a lot. Yes. Right off the bat, I did. Now, they did seem super young. 
um, which I think they were, you know, they, they just seemed really young and sweet, which I really liked. And they did have really good chemistry. Um, and I really liked the movie. It was so different. I don't know, it's, since we have so many different Hallmark movies, I really like that, um, especially like this year, you know, they're not all the same, you know, they're all yeah. a lot different. And, um, you know, just their talking about their age makes me think how much I loved the, uh, the Terry Hatcher movie. Ah, me too. Oh my gosh. That was one my of favorite my, of the season. Favorites because first of all, it was great to see them together again yeah. after Desperate Housewives. I was like, oh, it's like 1990-something all over again or 2000 or whatever that was. But yeah, I loved that show because it was like they were, you know, middle-aged, you know, having this romance. And I just love that. I hope, I hope that Hallmark continues to do more of that. But I did really like, even though these characters did seem really young, which they were, I really liked them. And I liked the couple that ran the camp or whatever, the community service thing that they were volunteering for, you know, they were the, you know, the older, more experienced couple. Yeah, so they did seem younger, that. just finished mm -hmm. college. Yeah. So that was nice. And I think they are trying to sort of win over younger demographics in mm -hmm. these movies you know that's such a prime advertising group oh, yeah. is the 18 to 24 the demographic uh, but i have to say real quick aside uh -huh. uh, so after i gave a very i gave a basically a perfect score to kiss before christmas because i thought it was for it's what it was trying day. to be it was so yeah. good mm -hmm. anyway next day we get an email from yeah james denton himself oh yeah and he said just wanted to thank you for the generous review especially rachel it's so smart to judge a movie based on what it is set out to do and whether it, and not it delivered that our little movie was clearly not perfect but you three were very fair and open-minded and as a producer i really appreciate it isn't that so cool that is so amazing. I love that you just have that like available, like it's printed out and taped to your computer right now. <laughs> yes, you better believe it. That's awesome. I was like, wow. Yeah, I, you know, and I didn't, when they, when it came out, I didn't watch it right away. Um, I don't know what I had going on, but I had to record it and I just watched it, you know, last weekend. And um, I think on a Sunday morning, I just put it in and watched it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Yeah. And they've done so many of those like family man type stories, but this was the best because he didn't, because most of the time, you know, they wake up the next day, they all of a sudden have this family. And what if you right. taken this choice to be in the family? Yeah. Problem with that is that you get invested in a family that doesn't exist right yes. the relationship doesn't exist the kids don't exist mm -hmm. and so it, it's kind of like it makes it hard to like tell the story and you get invested in the story whereas in this case he lost the family yeah it was family man in reverse yes which was so much better i thought and it was way more effective yeah yeah and yeah i thought it was way more effective it was like family man in reverse because especially at Christmas, you know, who hasn't had those thoughts? Like if only, you know, and oh my gosh. And, sure. Yeah. And then you bring Mary Lou Henner in. I mean, yeah, perfect. And but, uh, the heart to hearts with his coffee maker. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I love the coffee maker. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so good. Yeah. But, uh, but in this movie, the one thing that I, I don't like, and I guess, I don't know. It's hard when you, maybe you're telling a true story, but I just, I wish that they didn't have the 
the, her, her, her have a boyfriend. The love triangle. Yeah, yeah. I didn't you love know, that. No one likes those. Like, <laughs> I don't think that, you know, most viewers or readers don't love that because, I mean, you end up feeling bad for the boyfriend who clearly did not see it coming. But we did, you know, obviously the minute he showed her the picture of the house and she was like, eh, you know, I was like, uh-oh, yeah. gonna bite the dust. <laughs> yeah, it just makes it kind of a downer, you know, and you've got so much other heavy stuff in this movie. There's a lot of heavy really stuff. didn't need it. If she, if that actually happened and mm-hmm. she, you know, dumped the boyfriend uh, on Christmas Eve, oh my gosh. And yeah. I think you just leave it out. Like I, it wasn't nece- it wasn't necessary at all to the story. And I just, I don't know. I didn't love that whole plot line. I always, I mean, if I have a, you know, in, I think in both my Hallmark books, the heroine breaks up with her boyfriend, but I have it really early on. Yeah. And, and there's always a scene later in the book where there's a resolution where the guy's like, you know what, you were right. Blah, blah. You know, I always want to make sure everyone knows that everyone's, everyone's good. You know? Yeah, like but they we had know that poor guy. I don't I know. know. Yeah, and then they me. had it in also in five more minutes, but that one was terrible. In, in my opinion, yeah. they handled that very terribly in that movie. This was better than that, at least. But I don't know. I just I didn't like that whole plot. I didn't care yeah. for it. Well, I think too because you know the Hallmark world. Um, we know we like to, it's kind of an idealized version of the world you know where people are sure. kind and care about each other and that and it just doesn't seem that kind to have a dump your boyfriend on christmas eve scene and then we never no. see the guy again you know exactly and yeah, yeah it's like you want to have his story next because you want to have <laughs> we know yeah. what his tragic backstory is now he got dumped on christmas eve <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah exactly like in trading christmas which is one of my favorites tom cavanagh he is just so sad still you know just riddled with with bitterness about the fact that he was dumped on christmas eve by his girlfriend yeah. his fiance and i'm like see you're creating tom like mini tom Cavanaugh. yeah spin off of this movie <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, so uh we have she has thought about becoming a traveling nurse uh to because that's what her mother did her mother's passed away um and she decides to do she comes across this program which is kind of like a habitat for humanity kind of program yeah. type thing yeah mixed with vocation type stuff mm-hmm. but yeah it was very habitat of humanity habitat of humanity ish yeah. and this is in oshkosh which is a great name for a place oshkosh <laughs> uh and so she goes to spend basically like six weeks i think doing this habitat for humanity thing and he goes as well and he ends up being assigned to kind of write for their community newsletter for the come for this place which somehow gets his articles get picked up by the ap and are all over the united states from a newsletter but okay (laughs) well i mean hallmark in real in in journalism and realism do not go hand in hand (laughs) right good for him but that's a really big god wink (laughs) nelson wong this is a rare he's not playing kenny kwan and in this one he has a different name but he's running the program and so he kind of orchestrates all the god winks and i do think it was kind of annoying every time there's a god wink they have that little it's like we got it you don't need to tell us yeah we're not stupid but uh but yeah so he helps kind of run the program and he sees their chemistry and he talks to them and he was fun in this and 
Mm-hmm. And we find out she does not like surprises. So she's probably the wrong person to get in a bunch of God winks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not, not good. No. And uh, so then uh, she, um, uh, she says, patients don't care about how much you know until they see how much you care. And I don't know if I really agree that, with that. Like, I want my doctors to know a lot. Like yeah. I want, that's more important than how much they care about me. I want right. them to be like, I don't want them to be rude, but right. I want them to know a lot. <laughs> that's the most yeah. important. Agreed. I wrote in like leaving room for a minute and looking stuff up, you know, right. <laughs> coming back. <laughs> that's like the whole Seinfeld skit that he does where he's like, I don't know why they have that room in the back. They're looking things up. <laughs> He's like uh, the uh, the 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 waiting room. There's no other options. It's the name of the room. That's what yeah. you have to do. Is wait. Yeah. You're looking around. Oh, I don't like what I don't want to get what he has. You know. <laughs> Emily, that's going to get the house that had their house was there was the house was on fire, and they lost everything, and. Uh, and the little boy, especially, I think his name is Charlie, is very upset and yeah. difficult. And the mom about this, pregnant, like way pregnant, right? Yeah. And so then they're working on the house, and they also, as they're painting, they write what they call hidden blessings mm-hmm. on the wall, and they actually end up saving some of Joy's hidden blessings and put those in the in the house and they they turns out they actually lived in the same town in columbus so that's when we get a little ding 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 (laughs) in ohio when they were six so (laughs) um and he's gonna help with the snow plow and uh then he ends up getting run over by the by the snow plow heavy duty for home yeah was like did he just get run over i mean it was very dramatic yeah and i honestly i think it 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 honestly could have just been the movie could have just been from that point onward Mm -hmm. because i just felt like that was the strength of the movie from there onward because it felt like oh this is actually a miracle and this is actually like tense and i don't know that happened an hour and a half into the movie i mean yeah that's what i'm saying yeah after he got run over so it was near the end the third act for sure yeah yeah and i think that they that they could have moved that for forward mm-hmm. i don't know it just felt kind of like two episodes of touched by an angel or something like that you know <laughs> well when you were describing having the faith in it where they're trying to they want to have faith in it but still appeal to the people who wouldn't be turned off by it i was thinking the same thing it was like a touched it was like touched by an angel type mm. I liked the line where she says that she had not, I had nothing in common with my mother, but we looked at the world through the same window. I thought that was a good little bit of writing there. That's a nice line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, then, and she prescribes the little girl hamburgers and chocolate. (laughs) Oh yeah. The doctor does. The doctor. A chocolate bar every night. I was like, what doctor is that? Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Like I get that she needs to eat more iron and stuff, but you probably could come up with something a little more healthy than hamburgers chocolate and chocolate. Bar every night. 
I had a doctor's appointment this morning and spoiler alert, that was not a prescription that I received. I would have loved it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then when they reveal the room, when they reveal the house to the family, they made this whole gamer room, which was very nice. That looked fun. And, uh, and then the nursery where they were able to find the old, find the photos online mm-hmm. for them. That was, that was very sweet. And the little boy got a little stuffed animal for his. Yeah. Yeah. A little stuffed lion. And so then, you know, they say this has been the best two weeks of my life. Camp is over. We're not kids anymore. So they separate. And then the, the head of. We're about to kiss and she blurts out, oh, I have a boyfriend. I know. Yeah. That was a downer. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I did like their dance. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was good. And <laughs> then, uh, then she's talking to her dad uh, with the old photo of uh, of her mom. And uh, he says, Eric's matches who I am right now. Danny is in my past, which was like, oh, that sucks for Danny. Uh, and, and then there was that thing when we keep talking about poor Danny, because I do feel bad for him. <laughs> And that house he was renovating was beautiful. But um, there was this scene where she's, I mean, she hasn't even been there that long. I think she's only been there for like two weeks at the camp, but it was only like 10 minutes in movie time. And he calls to talk to her. And when they're getting off the phone, he's like, I love you. And she's like, yeah, bye. And because <laughs> <laughs> the other guy's standing right there, but I'm just like, wow, that was that was not good no it Dan was like uh looking at the phone <laughs> what oh this poor guy so she finally breaks up with danny it was yeah. brutal i didn't like it it was tough uh and then that's when the plow the the truck goes uh over eric he's supposed to she's coming back into town he's gonna pick her up so she's so excited and uh yeah it goes over uh and he has to be rushed to the emergency room and uh and so then they're praying for a miracle and uh one of the god winks is the doctor uh he had taken a specific seminar he was going to leave early then he decided to stay for one more seminar it happened to be on the treatment that then he ended up being able to do for for eric uh and so if he hadn't have gone to that seminar, he wouldn't have known how, you know, known what to do. So that was a pretty good God wink. Like I said, most of the time in these movies, the God winks are very thin, like just not, I mean, God has his hand in all of our lives. I do believe that, but like, he also lets us make our own choices and does, you know, and, and he's there for us in my view, not every not every single thing in our lives is kind of a god wink <laughs> just living well, next to people maybe it is, but then maybe it's not worthy of making an entire film about right. it you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah exactly yeah so i thought that the the doctor taking the seminar that was a pretty good one that was worthy of the ding 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 <laughs> yeah and there was a whole lot of drama in all the last i mean the last part of it flew by because yeah was i agree on and it, we were really invested in it at that point yeah and she she gives her her necklace and like literally as soon as she leaves all of a sudden his stats like ding, go way down yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> i know 
Like I doubt it was that dramatic in real life, but it was effective for the film. Yeah, it was effective. Yeah, I wonder. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because because Cat Burrell, her part on Good Witch for Hallmark uh-huh. Channel is also named Joy. And then she's in this movie, her yes. first movie for Hallmark, also named Joy. Right. I thought that was kind of fun. And uh, and you know, so she says, if I she says, I love him and I need him to be okay. And she says to God. She actually prays in this movie, um, which I appreciate. It says, if you weren't winking to me and I was just seeing what I wanted to see, I'll walk away. That was, I loved that part. Yeah. That Cause was- she thinks that she's the one that caused him to like, it's like oh, a yes, negative God. She called to say, I'm on my way back. Cause I'm sure mm-hmm. she was going to tell him I dumped my boyfriend and we can be together now. And yeah. so he's rushing out to get her, you know, when it happens. Yeah. So. And she says goodbye. And the stats, just the vitals like go down yeah. immediately. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> Usually you don't have this kind of melodrama in Hallmark movies, which I actually enjoy melodrama. I like, you know, like soap operas and that kind of like when it's done right, it can be done bad. But uh, but this, I, I think, had sort of a good amount of melodrama. And so he, uh, then his heart goes back up, his vitals go back up when Joy is there. And the parents are all like, well, we're the family, go away. I'm like, oh, and that was me. parents were pretty hostile. Yeah, they were. <laughs> like, this is kind of harsh. Yeah, I'm like, you're killing your son. What are you yeah, doing? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah clear out except for joy so she's there and he gets better and so then he's offered the job in new york city doing monthly column human interest column and uh, but he decides no i like doing the stories in oshkosh and if only journalism were so simple these days sadly i know right yeah (laughs) Um, i'm gonna stay here and write this newsletter in oshkosh yeah how things have changed since whenever that's (laughs) happened but uh yeah everyone's there including joy's dad and then they light the last advent candle which is what they've been doing throughout the movie is lighting the advent candles and uh, so that was sweet and yeah i mean i i gave this a call in the preview i was not looking forward to it because the last one was not very good um this was way better than that and genuinely i enjoyed it i thought they had good chemistry and there was enough actual miracles i still think that they could lean into it even more than this but this was a step in the right direction in my opinion um so i'm going to give this a 3.5 crowns out of five i would be somewhere around that same i'm i'm gonna say three 3.2 i mean i'm 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 torn because the last part of it was so much better than the first part. Yeah, I agree. Um, and like the the whole thing with the boyfriend was just a bummer. So that get, it loses some points because of that. It would I have been way better if she was just single. Him. She should. Oh yeah, she didn't even need to have a boyfriend. I was no. gonna say she had broken up with him, you know, before she left. But she really didn't need one, and they could have orchestrated something different for the black moment, you know, before she. Right. Left. That did seem unnecessarily mean. Yeah. Yeah, for a Christmas movie, especially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was because because he wasn't like interested in someone else or like lost it. He was like there and ready to yeah, buy no, a house for her and like on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it was tough. I was like, oh, <laughs> poor Danny. I feel so sad. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I so that it does lose some points there. But I'd give it, I think, a three point five. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I was, yeah, I'd give it 3.5, 3.25, you know, three mm -hmm. and a and part of this crown. And I would like to see this this pairing again, maybe it's something lighter. I think that they could definitely do mm -hmm. it. And I thought they had really good chemistry. I'd never seen uh, our, uh, friends, a uh, uh, person playing Eric. I'd never seen him before. And I thought he was really good. Oh yeah, they both were for sure. So very good. Well, we did it. Let us know if you're listening, what you thought of these two movies. We would love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. Please let us know. And uh, you can find links to Terry's books in the uh, description, but uh, where can they find you on social media and all that fun stuff? Okay. Uh, well, my website is terrywilson.net, T-E-R-I-W-I-L-S-O-N.net. And it has um, links to everywhere that I am. Um, I'm Terry Wilson author without an O on Twitter. I'm Terry Wilson author with the O on Instagram. And I'm Terry Wilson author on Facebook. Great. And we'll have all that in the description. So definitely check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please take a look at that. And we are doing the Sister Swap uh, movies uh, together with the girls, Mel and Dory from All the Feels. We're going to be talking about them. So don't uh, don't think we've forgotten them. They're coming. Uh, and uh, we, we talked about on Tuesday, we talked about a Dickens of a Holiday with Alonzo Duralde. So we're covering this this weekend's movie is a little bit divided. So be sure you check that out and you can follow us at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews, five stars. It really helps us out a lot. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group and merch store. This week on Thursday night, we are having our watch along with David Weaver, where we are watching Christmas Town. It's going to be super fun. You get all the behind the scenes details. Any tier level can join in. So please take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much, uh, Terry, for coming on and doing this. It was really fun. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you all later. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs>